Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio. It is Friday. No days off here. Ready to go. Red Bulls in tow. We are ready. Live in L.A., the herd, wherever you may be. However you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. J-Mac, I don't know what you did last night. I went out and got some dinner and just thought about all these sports things that are happening. Tonight, game four. Denver wins. It feels like the series is over. Where are you leaning tonight? Series over anyway. We you think it's over? Oh, Miami needs a prayer. Like, unfortunately, some injury to some superstar on Denver or something. But, yeah, it's over. I got Denver to me. You do. And the line's about two and a half? I saw three and a half last night. I haven't checked this morning. So that means Busy the- morning on the McIntyre front. Okay. The, uh, <laughs> we'll find out about that later. Okay. So, um, anytime I worked at a place... And currently, this isn't the case. But I have worked at places before, and you're not quite sure the business is operating at full speed or highly functional. And it always comes down to one thing. Everybody's asking, who's running this place? Who's making these decisions? In Miami, you know it's Spolstra, and you know it's Pat Riley. In Golden State, it was Bob Myers. It was Steve Kerr. Who's making the decisions here? With the Lakers, we're never quite sure who's making the decisions. Jeannie Buss, Rob Palenka, or LeBron. I saw this story this morning. Chris Paul to the Laker rumors. 
heating up who's running this place. If that comes to fruition, LeBron is running the Lakers. Because here's what they need. More accurate three-point shooting, more dynamic, more youth, and somebody because of LeBron's age and AD's brittleness that can give you 70 games a year and big minutes. Um, Seven seasons since Chris Paul gave you over 70 games. LeBron over the last three years has averaged 52, and AD over the last three years has averaged 44. The last thing in the world the Lakers need is another old star that gives you 53 games. It would be a mess in Los Angeles. I saw this headline. And by the way, is this LeBron's people putting it out there, trying to create inertia and steam and momentum? Chris Paul's dreamed of playing with the Lakers, says the headline. So what? They're not Disneyland. Lakers aren't into making your dreams come true. I once dreamed to be in George Clooney. Who gives a rip who Paul George, Paul, excuse me, Chris Paul has dreamed of playing for? I like Chris Paul, but two things are true. A heavy winter jacket and Chris Paul in Boston are perfect. They're both useless in Los Angeles. He doesn't fit here. He doesn't. He's old, expensive, and brittle. That is the opposite of what the Lakers need. But increasingly, we have asked ourselves this question, and this is what you ask yourself all the time for an organization that was once proud, could be baseball, football, NBA, MLS, could be anybody. Who's running this place? Rob Polenka as a GM cannot think this is a good idea. It's a bad idea. Even Westbrook, who didn't work, when they made the move, I argued he's available, he's productive, he gives you minutes. He plays hard. He plays often. I love Chris Paul in Boston because they have two young, dynamic, athletic stars in their prime that give you 70 games and big minutes. LeBron's averaging 52 games, AD 44, and AD just came off his longest streak of playing consecutively. That puppy won't last. So as we all age, you fit in fewer places. All you need to know, if this thing gains any steam at all, LeBron is running the Lakers. Because you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid acknowledges, I don't draft the players. Brett Veach does that. I don't do that. I use the offense. Andy Reid doesn't even worry about defense. That's Steve Spagnola. I know exactly who's running every part of Kansas City and Golden State and Miami. Chris Paul to the Lakers is a classic who's running this place scenario. All right, so we're um, after the finals wrap up, you have the NBA draft, and then J Mac and I, you just, we're going we're gonna to pull up to the professional and college football buffet for six months, and we're going to gorge. So, one of the things, of the things we disagree with, sometimes I try to talk him into things, he tries to talk me into things. The one thing we agree on is that Russell Wilson is not washed. We're in the minority. There's even people in the league that think Russell Wilson is washed. J-Mac does and I don't. Not sure how you feel. Garrett Bowles, their best offensive lineman who missed last year with an injury, he's all in on Russ. He's a great dude. You know, he's the same guy every single day. He works his butt off. Um, and, you know, I'm ready for that stuff to go away. Um, and when it goes, you know, everyone's going to eat crow. I think he's... One of the greatest quarterbacks in the game in the last 10 years. I mean, stats don't lie. Um, just because you have one rough season, you can't, you can't you know, dictate the type of guy and his personality and what he goes through. 
So there's really no historical precedent for Russell Wilson going from four really good years, three really good years, final years in Seattle to what we saw last year. So here's what we saw in Seattle his last several years. Three years, 66% completion percentage, 33 touchdowns, eight picks, and a 106 quarterback rating and winning 10 games. That was the average. By the way, with a very poor offensive line and running back by committee. So it's not like he had great offensive support. He had a defensive head coach. The O-line was a bit of a mess. They've drafted well. Now it's good. And the running backs were just a bunch of guys. Right? Rashad Penny. Bunch of guys. Never could stay healthy. And then here's his numbers last year in Denver. Man overboard. Everything plummeted. Four wins. 60% completion percentage. His touchdown passes were cut in half. And his passer rating like Trubisky level. So what's, how's it possible? The only comp that is even, well, it's the same city, Denver. Peyton Manning was really, really good. And then he fell off a cliff. But Peyton Manning was 39 years old. Peyton Manning had had four neck surgeries. Russell Wilson last year started the season at 33 years old and has never had a major surgery. So there's no historical precedence for it. Really good to washed. Again, he was doing that in Seattle with a bad O-line and B-level running backs. So I believe it all comes down to an 80-20 split. That 80% of last year was Nathaniel Hackett being completely, absolutely over his skis in a conference with really good teams. And then 20% was on Russell Wilson. And where was that 20%? Is that I think Russell Wilson views himself sometimes wrongly as a great pocket passer. No, he has two skills that are all-time unique. He has unbelievable instincts, especially late in games and in crisis, third down. He's got really good instincts. He's smart. But his instincts are fantastic. And the second thing is, he's uniquely mobile. The way he moves, he never gets hit. There's other guys that are faster, Lamar Jackson, uh, maybe bigger and stronger, Josh Allen. But Russell had like a decade of running around and never getting hit, never getting really tagged. So he is uniquely instinctual and uniquely evasive. I think he has to lean into those again. And for some reason last year, he... He was very reluctant to do that. He was probably trying to be a good employee. He listened to Hackett, but you could tell by the end of game one in Seattle when Hackett couldn't figure the clock out, uh, we're sinking here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take over the, the vessel. So let's go back to Russell Wilson's numbers last year in Denver. I think with Sean Payton, not only an upgrade in coaching, but arguably the second, third, fourth best coach in the league, I think Russell's numbers are going to go from this for our TV audience to this. 26 touchdowns, eight picks, 4,100 yards, a passer rating in the mid-60s, excuse me, a passer rating at 96, and a completion percentage around 65. And what would that be? Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence was not a top four or five quarterback in the NFL last year. What he was, was capable of having a great game, a great half, a great moment, and leading his team to the playoffs. So that's what I believe 
Russell Wilson will become. Trevor Lawrence, not a top five guy, although Trevor this year may be, but he'll be capable of getting a team to the playoffs, winning a game with a late drive, more than competent, good in the pocket, not yet great, more mobile than average, very good instincts, bit of a playmaker, not Mahomes, not Allen, not Burrow, maybe not physically Justin Herbert, but somewhere between like six and 12 in the NFL. That is my guess, because there's simply, there's no precedent for four really good years, three really good years into awful. There's there's nothing out there. Peyton Manning's it, and he was six years of hits older and four neck surgeries in. So that's where we are today. J-Mac, you and I, I think, agree on most stuff, most, not all. I don't know who I'm taking tonight. I will say this. Miami will shoot the three probably better and will play with more energy. So I do think it's close. I don't think I'd bet it. I, if I had to, I, I, Miami's, Miami's the second best team in this series. Can we agree on that? <laughs> yes, they, are. they are. They're smaller. They don't have as many elite players. They have more undrafted guys. They're more about culture than talent. Denver's got a nice culture. They got better players. Yeah, I wonder if after this series, a lot of the people in the NBA are going to start to change their mind on three-pointers. Denver's not living by the three in the finals here. They're going through their center, Jokic. So I don't know if this is going to start a, a shift away from three-point shooting, maybe back toward a big man being well, primary. There aren't a lot of Jokic's around. Them. Well, it's also interesting. Analytics are great, like in baseball, for a long season. You play the averages. But when you get into the playoffs, you'll use starters out of the bullpen. You'll change. Mm-hmm. You'll go for the win in that moment. You don't care about the game tomorrow. In the playoffs, the starting pitcher is your momentum. You don't give a rip about tomorrow. you got to win the game now. I remember Lou Pinella years ago was managing the Cubs, and he was setting up stuff for later in the series. Lou, win the game tonight, yeah, yeah. today. Win the game now. So whereas in a regular season, it, you're playing, you got a lot of tarmac. So in baseball, you're doing you, analytics work. But if you watch postseason baseball, some of that stuff hits the road, yeah. win tonight. So in the NBA, over the course of 82 games, you play into averages. But the NBA playoffs, the refs let you play. Sometimes you just need a basket. Yeah. And the best basket is an eight-footer, not a 23-footer. Yeah. Well, Miami's only path to victory is th- hitting That's threes. it. That's, That's it. it. That's all they can do to win this series. Meanwhile, Denver's like, I think they hit five threes last game. So five or six, low number. They don't need threes because they got Jokic, who, man, it's amazing okay. how he's a game changer. Somebody should write a book on, I'm pro-analytics, but they feel much more built for a regular season than a baseball or basketball postseason. I mean, think about football. There's a lot of things you will do knowing protect your quarterback, protect your players. But you'll have guys play hurt in a playoff game. I mean, Jalen Hurts was not healthy. These are playoff games you play. You'd rest Jalen Hurts in a regular season in week 13 if you led the Cowboys by three games in the division. Mm -hmm. So I think all of our sports, there is an urgency. There's a business side. Um, Super Bowl champs, Every coach gets richer, the owner gets richer, the players get richer, win the game and play hurt. And so analytics are great, but what I think we're seeing from Denver, by the way, Milwaukee had some of this, um, get a basket. Just go get a basket. And Jokic is the best right now 
not only the best at get a basket, but create a basket for somebody else. I read a stat where Jokic and Murray ran more pick and rolls in game three than they had in any game this season. They just say, we're throwing everything out the window. We're going to our bread and butter. Jokic and Murray, they can't stop it. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When I used to work at the other place, uh, a lot of people would scream about bias and regional bias, and some of it absolutely exists. Uh, much like the losers who are always saying uh, our, our elections are rigged and the NBA is rigged, they're not. I, I got news for you. If they were, the Denver Nuggets would not be in the finals. 
the Raptors wouldn't have gotten to the finals. We just have Lakers Celtics every year and occasionally Steph Curry. So of the last 12 champions, if Denver wins this final, six are non-traditional brands. It's not rigged. Either are elections. Uh, but there is bias. It's never as bad as everybody thinks. For instance, uh, you know, everybody now is saying ESPN's got an SEC bias. It's the best football conference. Easily. No argument. Stop. It's the best. Big Ten's entertaining. It's not as good as the SEC. Now you add USC, maybe it gets better, but it's not as good as the SEC. But there is bias out there, and a lot of it is illustrated in this story. Bristol's in the Northeast. That building is full of New York sports fans. That's why they talk about the Mets way more than they should. Nobody cares about the Mets. In New York, the biggest city in North America, with a loaded roster, in a beautiful new stadium, semi-new, they're sixth in the National League in attendance and third in their own division. Nobody cares about the Mets. They barely care about them in New York. I hate to break it to you. They get 31000 a game. The Cubs get more, and they're in a tiny stadium that's 100 years old, 200 years old, however old it is. And they don't have a roster as good as the Mets. But here's another, here's regional bias by ESPN. So they came out on ESPN Plus. That's behind like the, 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 the pay window or something, you know, the pay service. You got to pay for it. They stacked all 32 teams by their top five players. Now, like number one's Kansas City legitimate Mahomes Kelsey Chris Jones Creed Humphrey Joe Tooney here's their top 10 so again I don't have any arguments with a lot of this stuff but here's where it gets fuzzy they have the Jets at eight and the Niners at 10 so the Niners are 3200 3300 miles from ESPN so let's look at the Niners five best players because this is the ranking they're five best players they have arguably the Niners the best pass rusher in the entire sport at a position that's really important Trent Williams is viewed as the best left tackle in the sport. Christian McCaffrey, in my opinion, is the best all-purpose running back in the sport. George Kittle is the second best tight end. And Fred Warner is the best linebacker in the sport. Arguably, outside of Kittle, who's the second best tight end to Travis Kelsey, you have four or five players are the best at their position in the league. They're behind the Jets who have a quarterback coming off, as he's aged, Aaron Rodgers, is coming off a subpar year. Now, I think Aaron is their best players, their best player, put it up. But the Jets' best players, according to ESPN, Aaron Rodgers, Sauce Gardner, Quinnen Williams, Garrett Wilson, and Elijah Vera Tucker. Garrett Wilson had four touchdown catches last year. 31 other wide receivers had more. And Elijah Vera Tucker missed 10 games, and he's a guard. Aaron's coming off an average Aaron year. Sauce Gardner's absolutely special. And Quinnen Williams made the Pro Bowl. You're telling me that core is better than San Francisco's core. Let's go back to San Francisco's core again. These are Hall of Fame players. Nick Bosa is going to be a Hall of Famer. Trent Williams will be a Hall of Famer. George Kittle will be a Hall of Famer. Christian McCaffrey and Warner are Hall of Fame talents. It will depend on their durability and their production going forward. They play collision positions. Three of those five are guaranteed Hall of Famers. Two could be if I get three more great years from both. Sauce Gardner feels like a Hall of Famer. Aaron is but is no longer in his prime. That 
is regional bias. That is having too many people in the room that are Jets fans. Because that ain't close. It's nothing against the Jets. But when I was there and Rex Ryan was the coach, they gave them more publicity than the Packers, Cowboys, and Steelers that have a combined 15 trophies. Tim Tebow was, as a Jet, the biggest story going into a season. He was a backup quarterback. A backup quarterback for the New York Jets. So now a lot of people talk about bias, and then people often say, Colin, your show leans West Coast. It's not my fault California wins a lot of championships. New York State right now, it's in like a 10-year drought. They're not winning championships. California's in a 10-year surplus. They're winning a lot of stuff. The Warriors, the Rams. Now USC's interesting. You've got all sorts, you've got, uh, you know, the Lakers won a bubble championship. Dodgers are viable. They're always a World Series contender. Can I ask a question since you are going after uh, my favorite football team? Yeah, go ahead. All right, can we flash the top 10 real quick? Can we just let's show let's it on flash the, the top 10. Yeah, let's see the top 10 real quick. One more time. Um, because I often ask you, what is the most important position in football? Uh, it's just one simple question. Pretend this is a courtroom. Quarterback. Okay. How many teams... In that top 10, have a quarterback as one of their five core players? Well, I haven't looked at all 10 of them. I know Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts. (laughs) Take a guess. It's a leading question. No, no, no. no. Nine? Yeah. One team doesn't have a quarterback. The Niners, that's why they're 10. The Jets now have a quarterback. Okay. And a defensive coach and a shaky O-line. It's all fair. And a wide receiver in Garrett Wilson. We're not looking at the coach. We're looking at the core. If you're basing this on five players it's not like the five best players for the Niners are all guards pass rusher left tackle weapon superstar versatile running back like they have the the Niners have the best players in the league at like six positions fair the Jets do not have the best player in the league only Sauce Gardner could be argued fair and I'm not saying what do the Ravens have that's best at the at anywhere well, Mark Andrews is a probably the third best tight end in okay. the sport. Lamar's a top 10 quarterback. Yeah. So probably. basically, this list is, do you have a great quarterback, right? Patrick Mahomes, Then why Joe don't Burrow? you call it that? Why don't you just call it? Because they're trying to get it? cute with this core thing. Like, how, why, why is, on a team of 50, how many, 54 players, why is a core five players? That's, that's a little silly. I think this is just a fun list If for you June. asked every GM in the league, you get five players off every roster in the league. You can take any team. Do you think the Niners would have nine teams ahead of them? If you could go to a GM and say, I'll give you the best left tackle, the best edge rusher, the best linebacker, the best all-purpose back. Oh, by the way, it's not like their receivers are bad. It's not like Purdy was terrible. This team got to the NFC Championship with Brock Purdy. <laughs> <laughs> With Brock Purdy. Yeah. They've, they've got great players, but the quarterback question, I think, looms. I'm not saying the Niners should be number one. I think that does drop you. I'm, they shouldn't be Kansas well, City. Saying, your, your beef is with Aaron Rodgers and the My Jets beef is the Jets' core is a quarterback that is inarguably past his prime. I'm sorry. He is a guard that couldn't play and a receiver <laughs> that is. Well, the guard could play. He just got hurt. He missed more games than he played. He's very good. By the way, the the other storyline is, count the NFC teams on that list. Three. That's it. 
No, no Vikings. And anywhere. by the way, three, and the Niners were lucky to make it. That's also true. First of all, if you're doing top core players, and I'm not saying quarterback shouldn't be more. Like I would put Kansas City, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, all above them. And yeah. Miami, because they've got some superstar corners and receivers, you can make that argument. Buffalo's interesting. After Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. They got some defenders. Good defenders. So the, the they team have a corner that spicy. Like. You want to make this list spicy? You, you bump the Niners and you put the Jaguars at 10. So the Niners are not in the top 10. Yeah, they don't have a quarterback. They have Trevor a Lawrence. quarterback. Trevor Lawrence, you're not picking up the phone call. Today. You're not picking up the phone if somebody's calling about Lawrence. I'm remember? not arguing that the lack of a star quarterback doesn't put them below team. It doesn't put them below the Jets. If they played tomorrow, who would be favored? Where's the, the Niners? It doesn't matter where it's played. <laughs> if it was in San Francisco, they'd be favored by six, no, two and a stop. half on the road. And they'd we be favored, by the way. No so way. your core is overweighing quarterback. And I don't think Brock Purdy's terrible. Remember. Went 7-0 as a starter. This isn't Shanahan putting LaFleur in a body bag as usual. Now it's Robert Sala, defensive guy. I mean, Shanahan owns LaFleur. Well, anyways. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Okay, we talk a lot about culture, the heat culture. So I saw this headline, didn't love it. The Warriors are working to rebuild their culture. It's their top off-season priority. Mostly Draymond, Jordan Poole, wasn't pretty, went sideways. I don't love that headline. Work on getting bigger and more athletic. The two best cultures in sports over the last however long are the Warriors and the Patriots, 10 titles. Two, or 2A, would be the Spurs. Get to that in a second. Why did New England fall off a cliff? It was not just because Tom Brady left. That was part of it. It's because the entire last season, Brady was a Patriot. He was heard screaming, remember this? Get open. Nobody can get open. The reason Tom Brady, two to three years before he left, was thinking about it, and his last year was yelling about it and then did leave is because the Patriots became more about culture than getting athletic fast guys who could get open. They fell in love with themselves and their culture. Culture's a bunch of hooey if you don't have speed and athleticism. By the way, New England now is slow and unathletic, and they don't have Brady. They'll probably finish fourth. Greg Popovich in San Antonio. Since the Warriors have first won their title in 2015, the Spurs are 30th in the NBA in three-point shooting. They fell in love with their culture. Find guys that can shoot. They fell in love with their culture. Did Popovich get dumb? Did Belichick get dumb? Fall in love with talent and shooting. In college, Jim Beheim admitted the other day, I thought it was very interesting, because I think Coach K and Nick Saban had a strong culture at Duke and Alabama, but didn't fall in love with it. Bayheim admits he stayed with the zone too long defensively. He said recently, there's too many good shooters. We were too slow. People started shooting. Centers could shoot. Forwards could shoot. The zone doesn't work. He grasped culture. He, he choked culture. Saban moved off linebackers being a priority and made quarterbacks and receivers a priority. Coach K, reluctant, moved into one and one. That's how you win championships. So when I hear this about the Warriors' number one priority, 
Steph's 35, Clay's 33, can't defend, Draymond's 33. Culture's not your problem. Trade Jordan Poole, it'd be good tomorrow. But you can't trade Jordan Poole, can you? Because he's twitchy and athletic and can get his own shot. You can't move Wiggins, twitchy and athletic. Kaminga probably should play more. Are the Warriors going to become what? Brilliant Greg Popovich and brilliant Bill Belichick. And really smart Jim Beheim became. They worried too much about the past and their culture and they grabbed it and we got to revisit it. No, you can't re-sign Clay Thompson. Stephen Draymond, fine. But you got to kind of probably keep Jordan Poole and Wiggins and Kaminga. I got moving off Wiseman. He didn't fit your style. But the Warriors' number one priority should be size, a big that can score, having a threat over 6'7 that could put the ball in the basket. Watch Jokic. That's the future. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, We've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I saw this headline by Sports Illustrated. It was like, Sports Illustrated, you were the Bible. The Bible's supposed to be right. Sports Illustrated headline, it's time to admit Jamal Murray's a superstar. (laughs) Two words, good hell. Messi, Steph, LeBron, Mahomes. Jamal Murray has 1.1 million Instagram followers. Lonzo Ball has 17 million. LiAngelo Ball has three. Uh, Superstar equals popularity, not just production. Star equals high production in your sport. Devin Booker's a star. Jalen Brown's a star, an all-star. They're very productive, very good players in their sport. Christian Yelich in baseball, Brewers, that's a star. Superstar is Production, endorsements, popularity titles, you get mobbed at the mall. You've got multiple, Travis Kelsey maybe, or a Patrick Mahomes, multiple national commercials, 10 million plus, 15 million plus on Instagram. People freak out when they see you. John Elway is bigger today in Denver than Jamal Murray. John Elway hasn't played in like 20 years, 30 years. When did John Elway play last? So star equals production. Superstar is production plus titles plus popularity, plus endorsements, plus people freaking out in a mall. Um, TV networks literally build around you without mentioning the team. Shaq and Kobe coming to town. Don't even have to mention the Lakers. We see the jersey. So there's there's a big gap between star. There's a lot of stars. Taylor Swift is a superstar. Taylor Swift is bigger than anybody in America in sports by a mile. She's a thousand times bigger than Patrick Mahomes. If Taylor Swift pulled up to this studio and Mahomes did, and there were a thousand people, 900 would surround Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift or Messi. Globally Ah, messy. Yeah. But Taylor Swift is, is, is I'm sure she does stuff abroad. I'm going to say it for the third time. I cannot get tickets to her concert here at SoFi. Somebody help your boy. But I think sports fans struggle with that. They, they, because sports fans think, well, I like my sport. Like hockey fans always like this. Everybody I know likes hockey. Well, you're drinking too much. <laughs> um, you're probably hanging around hockey guy. Yeah. You go to the games. You go to the message board. Like golf guy tends to think everybody loves golf. Not really. Three million people start every year and three million people quit. Golf is hard. It's really, really hard. I've started golf a thousand times and I've quit it a thousand times. And I, now I play it infrequently. It's hard. You have to be dedicated. So sports fans tend to think, every, my mom didn't know who Derek Jeter was. She knew who Ken Griffey was. Ken Griffey had national spots. Jeter was doing local commercials for Ford. That's the difference. Mm. A-Rod was a superstar. Griffey in his peak briefly was a superstar. Do, do you? Uh, my mom, who watches all the time, she doesn't know who Jamal Murray is. There's no way. No, no chance. chance. I don't think she knows who Jokic is. Well, Jokic is not a superstar He's not. yet. He's a star. Now, if he was, Shaq was a superstar. LeBron. 
Shaq, but Shaq was also embraced it. Shaq was highly verbal. He's very funny. He's animated. Charles Barkley, by the way, is one of the only sports TV superstars. Like, I mean, Barkley literally moves a TV rating. I know you have a thing with Barkley. I, he's a star. You and Barkley have so a, overrated. He literally he's, moves he's the needle. Entertainment. That's all. Well, that's what's all wrong with that? What are, uh, what are you and I? Uh, uh, he doesn't have any analysis. Oh, any he at has. all. It is horrible. Oh, everything he says is way off. If he picks the heat tonight, just run and put your house on the nuggets. Like, honestly. <laughs> Come on. I, and I like the guy. He's entertainment. But in terms of basketball yeah, sounds analysis. Sounds like you love him. Sounds like well, you're really also, good friends. You bad can mouth you get him on the couch? Minutes. Can you get him on the couch? I don't want to get thrown through a window like he does to other oh, people. Oh, good God. Anyways, yeah. I'd, I'd hate to hear you talk about people you don't like. You roast Barkley. I, li- I like Barkley. Obviously. He's a wildly entertaining. Indeed. And I, by the way, I don't want my guys on TV giving me too deep analysis. I'm not interested in that. I'll mm. listen to your podcast for that. Zach Lowe can give me analytics. So are you watching uh, Bar- Barkley's, uh, what is that new show that he started on CNN? Are you watching? Oh. I'll probably watch one of them. Oh, okay. But, but, uh, but I, would watch, I would watch Kenny, Shaq, uh, Charles, uh, and Ernie. Ernie's great. I would watch those guys over a regular season game. I could give a rip about the game. I'll watch them. I have gotten on my treadmill, watched the pregame show, turned the game off, come back at halftime, go back outside with my See, wife I'm, and have a glass of wine. I'm a means to an end guy, and, you know, I do like gambling, and I like winning money in gambling. Yeah. They're not ever offering you anything well, that's they're not, actionable in gambling. They're not paid to I understand that. that. So that's why I'm not – like, I enjoy the show, but I'm not like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. I'd rather watch this than uh, Anthony Edwards versus Luka Doncic. I would. No, I, I would not. In 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 – in February, I would. I'd rather watch Luka Doncic in practice than I would inside the NBA. Oh, I thought Luka, Barkley was your friend. I like him. I, no, I didn't say friend. Ew, you're just lighting the guy on fire here. <laughs> Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Let's bring in Dan Wojcicki, our buddy, L.A. Times, Lakers beat writer, writer among other responsibilities. Do you like him? Yeah, I mean, I hope you like him more than you like Barkley yeah. roasting him. Good analysis from Dan. Okay, so we were talking about this. There's Baseball an... attendance? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a loser. <laughs> okay, so there's three players in history that are they're hard to quantify. Yep. Magic literally could get you 42 points playing center. Mm-hmm. You're like, I love Bob Cousy. That's not the way it works. Um, LeBron was positionless. I'm going to guard Derrick Rose. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guard a four. I'm a, he was, Jokic has sort of become that, hasn't he? Yeah. I, I mean, I tweeted something about this the other day after kind of listening to some Jokic discussions on yeah. television and stuff like that. And I, people really struggle, I think, to talk about him because there's no historical comp. And when we have these conversations about players, usually like we lean on these historical comps as, yeah. as a crutch like you can say even with LeBron for instance right like at least with LeBron like you could point to Jordan's magnetism Kobe's proficiency and stuff like that and LeBron is a totally different player but you could look at like best player in the league like type of there's a straighter line drawn yeah. between those those three guys I, I mean I don't if we're gonna have like a real honest discussion about what Nikola Jokic is doing on the court I mean, you you start pulling some wild names and and you start mixing them together, right? It's like, okay, so there's some Bill Walt, there's some Bill Walton passing, yeah. but better. Um, Moses Malone's size and rebounding, maybe. Um, you know, Arvidas Sabonis, Sabonis, uh, Dirk's touch. Um, you know, you start adding all of these guys. I mean, like he 
runs a fast break, like kind of like Magic Johnson. Right. Um, so it's really hard to have a straightforward, like, this is who this player is because we have not seen players who play like this. This is completely unique. I was at an event earlier this week and we were talking to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar mm-hmm. and Jokic's name came up and it was sort of like, had, you know, he was just basically like, no one approached the game at the center position the way Nikola Jokic did when I played. Like, I mean, he's completely foreign. It is like basically like going to the 1920s and giving someone an iPhone and like their head would explode. <laughs> you know, like I have access to all the information in the world. Like this is a guy who can do everything on offense. You know, he's, he looks like he should be slow, but somehow he's the fastest guy down the court. Like he throws every pass. He makes every shot. You know, like he has an, as the kids would say, an unlimited bag, right? right like right. he, like the, the, the skill set is insane. Yeah. And, you know, he's on his way to having a championship, which is like the ultimate validation. And like, you know, if, if, if he gets that, that'll make it a little bit easier. But I mean, when we start talking about kind of what he's done over these past three years, it's, you look at the efficiency, you look at the the counting stats, you look at the winning generally too in the regular yeah. season, it, it's pretty unmatched. Well, our staff put this up earlier because assists now mean more than they did 15 years ago because they can become threes, Three. not sure. two. Points created. Points created. Yeah. Jokic, he's not double Shaq, and Shaq was certainly valuable. He is a mile ahead of all-timers, Duncan and Shaq. Mm-hmm. He's worth 54 points a game. And yeah. people say, well, he's not as good defensively. For the, for the record, Duncan was great defensively, so was Giannis. But it is an, it is an 80-20, 70-30 offensive league. Sure, and I think, you know, I do think that his defense is probably, a, like, there, there, you can focus on the things he can't do, right? right? Like, you wouldn't put him in a switch on a pick and roll the same way you would Bam Adebayo or Anthony Davis or, or some of these guys who are like these total, you know, Swiss Army knives on defense. But one thing Nikola Jokic is, is gigantic. And you watch him and the way his strength and the way he, like, holds his ground around the rim, it gave Anthony Davis real problems oh, no, in the no, conference no. finals. Yeah. And, like, he's got great hands. He deflects passes. Um, you know, he, he's a really smart player. I, I think, like, him being terrible on defense is pretty overstated. Yeah, I, I think it's more, again, like, Yes, he has shortcomings on that end of the basketball, but the he I think he maximizes what oh, he also, what he has. Also, the Warriors have always done a good job to insulate Steph's um weaknesses with Clay sure. Thompson, Draymond. The length of the Nuggets, Gordon and Porter, masks some of the deficiencies yeah. of Jokic. They're just so damn long, they volleyball stuff. And I out. think over time, like Jokic too, Steph's defense. Totally overstate. Like, like he tries. He, yeah, he got better yeah. on that side of the ball. You know, yeah. using his smarts, using his, um, you know, increased strength. I mean, he, you know, he's still a very slight person, but like right. you look at before and after pictures, basically from Steph's third year to now. I mean, right. he looks like Schwarzenegger compared to what he used to look like. <laughs> and, and, and I think, like you know, Jokic again, similarly, is trimmed down. He's changed his body. Um, there was a lot of pudding there three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably some, you, you know, some Serbian delicacy, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but like, you know, I think like he's now though a guy like who understands exactly like what his limitations are, and he's figured out ways to maximize what he can do. And I think, you know, when you're talking about great players, I mean, that's he 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 checks the biggest boxes, right? He makes his teammates better, which is I think when you're talking yeah. about the tippy tippy top guys. 
because that's the difference between that's being magic winner and, Bird and, and that's LeBron being a winner and, and Michael Jordan and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You make your you make the world easier for those around you. He he's as good as anybody in the league right now at that. And and, and then you look at the just the actual. I mean, like use your. You can look at the stats. I, I love what he said about statistics though. The other day, where it's just basically like they're just numbers. Like just use your eyes and watch him. Like he's a magician. Like he is just like you watch him and you're like. How did he do that? I said the other day, if you never seen Bird, you'd be like, okay, he's not Bird, but he does Bird-like things. Sure. His his touch passing, his vision. He's 70 pounds more than Larry Bird. Like That's like the thing, too. He's like Larry Bird if Larry Bird was just like a big, giant octopus. Like, I mean, like with these crazy long arms <laughs> and like the balls attached to his hands. I mean, like my, my friend Scott Cassiola at the New York Times once wrote a story about Jokic and his water polo past. And like you know, because that's a huge sport in Serbia and stuff like that. And, like, he throws these water polo passes, like, where he gets a rebound and with just one hand, like, cocks the ball back yeah. and just whips it. We saw it the other day. Yeah, and, and it's it's unmatched. You know, it, it, so I want to throw something at you. I'll, I'll get to Chris Paul to the Lakers Let's in a it. second. But okay. but I want to I want to ask you something, because I, I think the three best cultures in sports over the last 15 years have been the Patriots, the Warriors, and Spurs. In terms of pro sports, I got championships. I get defiant coaches. They were ahead of the curve. The heat on the edge there? On the edge, but not enough championships quite. Um, LeBron's kind of, you know, brings those to you. But New England, before Tom left, he had voiced concern on television and to those close. The team was too culture-oriented and slow. The game was changing. Bill's culture was suffocating reality. Stop drafting guards and kickers. Get fast. We've seen what's happened when Tom left. But it would be nice to have a running back every once in a while. Or yes, Greg Popovich. They're 30th in three-point shooting since 2015. Your culture's great. Get shooters. So Coach K and Saban, both iconic collegiate coaches, moved a little out of their culture. They they maintained a culture, Mm -hmm. but Coach K said, "We're going to be a one and done program." That was a real shift. Remember, for years, they wouldn't hang your banner if you didn't graduate. Yeah. Mike changed this culture. Still maintained high principle. Nick Saban, when they first got to Bama, it was linebackers and corners. And then it became quarterbacks and receivers. He spread the offense out. The tempo was faster. They played a different game. Lane Kiffin got in his ear. Saban's smart enough. So I look at the Warriors, and I see this headline today. Number one thing in the offseason is to rebuild that culture. No, it's not. It's to get bigger. It's to not re-sign Clay. They're doing a New England, and they're doing a, a San Antonio, which is the culture starts suffocating all this sports stuff. The only reason the Miami culture means Bukas is Jimmy Butler's great. If he's off that team, you're not a playoff team. Culture matters but athleticism, twitching so, size. I think culture, it matters, but not in like the all capital letter way. We kind of project it, right? Like right. obviously, right? Like talent is the most important thing. Like you want to see a good coach, give them good players, right? right? You want to see a good coach that struggles, give them bad players. Pop. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it. that is what it is. And I think, you know, um, Popovich has shown like, and if you track back pre-2015, like they did change styles, um, you know, from like, the more Robinson, Duncan-focused teams to a, a more Tony Parker, more Kawhi Leonard towards the end. And, and and they did switch things up. I do think, though, so I was I was texting with an executive this morning about this very same thing, which is sort of this idea of when do you when do you move off a path? If you are on a path, right? right like, you don't want to be sentimental, for sure. Thank but, you. But you also don't want to 
fix what isn't as broken as maybe it is as you think. How okay, so how broken are the Warriors? That's a, I mean I mean that's that's a really good they're question. They're getting really I, old. I, I think they're definitely getting old. There will be a moment in which, you know, they are they are they are not a credible contender. But I I don't know. I I think like like sprinting into rebuilds are rebuilds stink. Like they are painful. Um I'm from Chicago. Like that <laughs> the the Jordan rebuild that the Jerry Krause sprinted into lasted a decade. Like it's not a fun time and, and they have stars. They do have an established culture for sure. Um, but you know, they have won different ways, right? Like last year, that team looked very different than, you know, the Kevin Durant version of the Warriors, which yeah. looked very different than the pre Kevin Durant version of the Warriors. So I, I, I trust them to be able to sort of massage what they have. They do have to change. They can't be exactly the same. They've been limited by, and they will continue to be limited by, you know, you miss on some, on, on, you know, Steve Kerr caught a little flack for this, but like you miss on some picks, like you don't establish the same depth and have they the same role players. Wiseman, right? they yeah, you know, and, and, but I mean, look, I think the bet, like that maybe Moses Moody is a better player, that maybe they'll figure something out with Kaminga. Yeah. And if not, they can use those players to augment what they have. I think you have the most important thing in the NBA, which is you have a transcendent player yeah. in Stephen Curry. Um, you have a really smart coach. You have a good coach, and you have players that know each other. Yeah, I, I think there's value in that. I, I, I think the you, you know I think sometimes culture is if you view it rigidly, it can it can hold you back. If a good culture though is flexible, and 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 what, the reason why I mentioned the Miami Heat is like you know like the backbone of their culture is that if we bring you here, we'll, we believe in you. We don't care. If you played at Lewis University, like Max Struess did, yeah. like we don't care, you, you know, like Duncan Robinson played at a Division three before he went to Michigan. We yeah. don't care about that stuff. We don't care if you were undrafted. We don't care if you were the, a top five pick. Like you are gonna fit what we do, and we're gonna make it work, and we're gonna find what you do best, and we're gonna we're gonna bend to that. You know, like every coach. Pat, you, I mean, you think Pat Riley at his core wants to see Duncan Robinson running around shooting contested threes. Like that I mean, Pat Riley is a super tough-nosed player, coached right. a super tough-nosed team in New York. That was more of who he is. What good cultures do is they they allow people to to express themselves, to be themselves in their in their craft and and you you open your arms to that. So Chris Paul to the Lakers. I've I said earlier I've been very lucky. I've worked for good companies. Anytime a company stumbled or I had questions about the direction, there was always one thing I asked. Who's making the decisions now? Warriors, Heat, Kansas City Chiefs, Eagles, Howie Roseman. I know exactly how he's mm -hmm. running that franchise. Nick Sirianni's coaching it. When you get into trouble, it's who's running the franchise? Chris Paul to the Laker rumors feels like LeBron would be running the franchise. I think Chris Paul... And LeBron, similarly. The Celtics' two best players are young, prime, 70 games, big minutes. They can handle some age. But when your two best players are AD and LeBron, the worst thing is, here's another guy that plays 48 nights. And by the way, he'll be on the IR three times. Chris Paul, to me, doesn't work with the Lakers. It, I, I think any decision, and I wrote about this a little bit in, in, in our, our Lakers newsletter this week, any decision that a team makes is, I think, in a vacuum, like a lot of what you're saying makes total sense. I think, though, but if you look at cost, if you look at 
role acceptance and like the opportunity that Chris Paul would have and what he'd be willing to do, I, I think it starts to make more sense if his vision is aligned with hers. If if he is signing with the Lakers to be a thirty minute a game player, um, the starting point guard, the guy who pulls all the strings. Where's Austin Reeves go? Well, I mean, Austin has played off the ball, but what I would say, like generally speaking, is if that is what he is signing up for, you are setting yourself up for for failure. Like they just went through a version of this in terms of with Russell Westbrook, where they were spending $47 million on a player that wasn't giving them $47 million of production. Um, if you're paying Chris Paul the minimum, like, why not? Like, I, to me, that I, I view Chris, it, Chris likes money. He does like money, and he's going to get, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna, if he gets waived, he's going to get $15 million of his contract. And it'll, but, but, I mean, the, if he wants to go win, none of these teams that are close to winning have $20 million to hand Chris Paul. Like, they don't have it. They have either the mid-level exception the mini mid-level exception or the veterans minimum. Like that is going to be, those are his going to be his contract options. And I think, um, and certainly I, I think there is a cost in which Chris Paul makes sense. You can look at, you, you know, sort of this notion of like a part-time, like you mentioned 45 games or whatever. If, if they're the right 45 games, it's not an issue. If they're the wrong 45 games, if but you, it, also you get know, into you don't an, know. You get into a Brooklyn situation where those three guys never played together. You get to the playoffs, and they sure. played 11 games, and you're like, yeah, our chemistry stinks. The reason, like, the reason Miami's winning I don't now, think it's a horrible – just on the record, I don't think it's a horrible idea. I, I think it is something that um, if you were paying him an unrestricted free agency and you were, like, sitting down ready to offer him a $60 million contract over two years, I would say that's a bad idea. Um, horrible I idea. think at, at at there is a price point here where you can you can benefit on the fact that you benefit from the fact that the Suns are, are paying him a chunk of money um, that he wants to win that he obviously loves Los Angeles has his family is still here and, and you'd stuff have like Austin that. Reeves play off and, the ball. And, and you have other guys well I mean if he's gonna miss all these games like I, I think and, and ideally play a more limited role as you try to save him you should have enough guys, whether it's Austin Reeves. It's not Chris Paul or. I think it's Chris Paul and at the minimum, right? It's Chris Paul and you can re-sign D'Angelo Russell. It's Chris Paul and Austin Reeves. It's Chris Paul and Rui Hachimura. And you would have all of these guys, and, and you have this other guy sort of just waiting um, for the moment. Now, the question becomes is can he is he going to accept that, and will he stay in, in a good enough rhythm? I think you can look at, like, Miami with Kyle Lowry, and they've reduced his role, right? All, all-star but player, they don't career have, star, they don't have and they a pay ball him. Handler. They pay him forty plus million, or, or I'm sorry, not forty plus, like twenty five million, I think. Um, you know, but they've used him in in more of a hybrid sort of role. But I would argue this: Bam and Butler do not initiate offense. LeBron and Austin Reeves do. I've sure. already got that. Chris Paul's been off the ball three of the last four years. Like really, like I mean, he played off the ball with James Harden. He's become a much better catch-and-shoot player. He had a really bad shooting season two years ago. Shot the ball pretty well this year. And, and, and I think, like, I feel like I'm, I'm caping for him right now. Um, but, I, but, again, I think, like, there is a cost point here where the risk is so low and the, and the, the upside is high that it makes sense to do. I, I, I think certainly his relationship with LeBron James is, is, is a factor in all of these things. Like, right, like they're, they're yeah. part of the, the famous banana boat crew and stuff yeah. like that. But but I think if you can have him on the floor, and you expect less of him, you can lessen his burden. Um, that you you provide him, you know, instead of looking at Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell as hindrances to that, 
these are things that if Chris oh, Paul is willing, like I they? was going to say, um, I think there there are people in the organization who Ugh. who still who still view value there. Um, I Ugh. think, and it's again, it's D'Lo or what too, right? So. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. I, I just I th- I think it's um you sound like Jason talking about Charles Barkley. Um I, I think that the um the thing will be you you know, again, Chris Paul could be one of the okay, I had him say this, an insurance policy. I feel like he just mm-hmm. got a check from State Farm when I said that. But all right, let's segue out of this. Yeah. Okay, finally. First time I think Dame's considering moving. <laughs> yep. Butler Bam Dame feels like the best team in the East. It makes sense they have they have players that they could give. Sure. They have. I mean, they they've got draft picks. They've got players. Chance. And and by the way, Chris Haynes said yesterday is like, yeah. First time I've heard somebody say it's a possibility. You buy yeah. it? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think that, you know, they're at a interesting fork in the road, right? And I mean, I think the if if you believe in Scoot Henderson, right? And I think yeah. a lot of people do. Yeah. Um. You have to ask yourself if you're Portland, like what's best for this franchise? Is it placating a, a, a star who's been incredibly loyal and been Smaller, incredibly valuable? Yeah, but it's, but you know a guy who is taking you to a conference finals once, but like really is limited defensively or whatever, and, and needs more help, right? I like I don't think the three pick gets them the kind of help that they need to get to the level no. they want to go. No, so it's probably best for their franchise to draft Scoot Anderson. And then it becomes, well, what's best for Damian Lillard? Like, what does he want to do? Does he want to be a part of, by the way, I believe Scoot Henderson, Damian Lillard, and Anthony Simons can play together, certainly over the course right. of a season. But there, um, he's, he's a rookie. He's not going to He's play. a rookie, yeah. He's not going to totally move the needle for you in that way. Um, but if Dame wants to move on, I mean, like, this seems like a, a window in which to do it. It also kind of feels like a time when, you know, the – the stars that are going to be kind of out there in trade rumors, like it's not a super robust market. That kind of felt like it was more last summer. Um, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, like the jazz blow up and stuff like that. I think, you know, Kevin Durant got traded already. James Harden has been moved already. Like, and and seems like that's a two way street between Philly and Houston. Like there is maybe a really opportunity here for Portland to, to recoup good value and to move forward at a logical starting point with, you know, the future face of your franchise. It, It should Dame one out. Dan Wookie, good stuff. Good Thanks, seeing you. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, 
and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.